0: Hey, it's Karen Hunter from The Karen Hunter Show on SiriusXM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. And let me welcome to the show mental health and substance abuse expert, Dr. Maya speller Cullins. Hi, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming through. Uh, Before you came on, we were talking about how people are stuck in the way in which they think about themselves. And so Mm -hmm. when new information comes in, I think it is human nature to resist, you know, absorbing it and hunker down with what you know, and then be angry when people confront you with actual
1: facts that might have to make you change. What is that? That honestly, that's, that's, that's not uncommon. That's not abnormal. That's human behavior and reaction. I always say when someone teach you, I'm using this for example, Christianity, and then they come and say, no, you know, all of the things in the Bible is not necessarily true or this, that, are, you know, set forth. But the truth of the matter is, um, I don't think we would be who we are psychologically if we have our mindset to one one particular way. And then when we learn new, it takes time to adjust. Some people adjust faster than others, um, but that's common. That's not abnormal. So nothing's wrong with you.
0: <laughs> okay. So how do we fix that though? Because it's problematic when people stay in wrong
1: Right. You know, when they were processing it,
0: it. Yeah.
1: Right. You just have to process it. Um, It's called cognitive behavior. You have to change your way of thinking when you know better, you do better. So when you learn new information, you have to take your own steps as necessary to process it to determine how it's going to apply to your life and the impact that it, it will happen. You know, will have on you.
0: All right. That is something that people have to do, but those people aren't doing it. So I'm I'm asking a larger question, Dr. Myespell okay. Collins. How do we get people who are impacting the world? Whether it's people that mm-hmm. believe that if they get vaccinated, that the government is now surveilling their bodies and therefore they're out you know, spreading the COVID or you know, right. during during the height of COVID, not wanting to wear masks because it's the government controlling them and they don't believe that they believe Fauci's an agent or whatever whatever you believe, or that the Democrats are killing or the Republicans are, you know. That Jesus was, you know, that the Bible is everything, and they're hurting the rest of us. You got to just pass the law outlawing homosexuality, as if you can outlaw that. Like it's how people people are born, or so. Like I don't even understand where we are right now, but it's impacting lives. So how do the normal people,
1: (laughs) the folk that are actually working on themselves, impact people who aren't working on themselves? Keep educating, keep talking, keep having conversation. Um, allowing safe places, as I would say, uh, for people to openly talk that is non-judgmental. So that conversation can be had And individuals that's rejecting it or individuals that is like, you know, I believe X, Y, and Z. There's something that we get that, but you have to allow a safe place with, that's non-judgmental. So that will come with conversation, that will come with like church groups, book clubs, anything that is happening within a particular community to allow individuals that have a certain set of mindset to be able to freely talk and be able to get that education and wisdom.
2: But how do you get the ones that, because I, I do agree with what you're saying, and Karen had an example um, yesterday with Stacey Patton and a lady who uh, changed her position on on spanking children. Right. But there, there are some people who are, they know the danger, even inherently, they know the danger of having being uh, exposed to new information. So they just don't even bother to be in those circles. They don't want to be in those safe spaces. And I hear what Karen is saying, because they get in positions that they then have power to try and make everyone believe this sort of faulty way of thinking. And that is. Terrifying. I think that's been also been made worse by the sort of um, democratization of news and information. You can stay in your own bubble now and not ever hear anything else.
1: Right. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is with the world with social media. That's why I said you have to capitalize on what you can do to help get to those people. What are they watching? What are people watching? What is the biggest thing, you know, media, social media? We know the news outlets, like for example, tell their story and and people believe it and take it as the Bible. But then people that I would say normal, when you say normal people, um, Mm -hmm. go and educate and put things out on like the social media platforms, put it on the radio stations, put it it on the streamline so people can hear it. Now we can't control what people do. They may never accept what, what, what is put out there. Sometimes people know right from wrong and know the truth of what is happening. But they refuse to do it. That's that's what that's out of our control. There's nothing statistically that can be done. We can do all the studies, research, and implement all these things and put them in place. And they can say, still, nope. This is what it is, and that you can't control it. All we can control is what we can do, and what we can do is what what we know is most powerful right now, and that is social media. That is the things that we can implement um, within the communities in different circles, so they won't be misled. But that is about all you can do. Um, sometimes it only takes one person to hear it and they say, and they can go to another person and say, hey, it's not like that. It is actually much bigger than that. If you listen to me, just listen, you know, hear me through. Um, and that that can happen, but it's no scientific or psychological um, stance that, that basically governs a person from their way of thinking um, if they don't want to change. And we all know that the first mindset of whatever is happening, whatever is being told, no matter how bad it is, we have to take that thinking and captivate it and say, okay, this is what it is. But unfortunately, some people don't know how to uh, decipher between that, and when they don't, if they don't have proper like counseling and and services and treatment that's around them, depending on the nature of the problem, then they stay stuck in that spot.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, we're talking with Dr. Maya Speller-Cullens. You can go to MayaSpellercollins.com or beyondyourordinary.org. Yes. Okay, so your your expertise is in helping people address uh, abuse or I don't wanna really call it substance abuse. It's, it's a sickness, right? So right. Uh, addiction, addiction issues. How did you get into this particular space? Uh,
1: I well, I help individuals with addiction issues and mental health. Uh, years ago, obviously, when I was a child, I had family members that struggled with addiction and mental health, and I didn't understand it. Um, It was so close to me that it was in my home with my stepfather. And Mm -hmm. I felt helpless because I felt like he was battling different um, personalities and um, different mood swings and just different things as a child. At that time, I didn't understand what it was. Uh, How did it it show up? How did it show up? Oh, man. Uh, And I'm gonna get personal. He would come. He would get to the point that it would it could be hot outside, and he would tell me and my sisters, "I'm gonna nail down the windows so that y'all can be in hell with me. I'm gonna show you what hell feels like." And he would nail down the windows in the house and turn the heat on, and we'd be in the house as little kids playing, sweat falling down our face. Um, it would show up where he would wake up and he would drink all day, or he'd go get high. And when he's at the house, um, he would say things like, you know, verbal abuse say different things to us and I'm like this like when he was not drunk I kind of actually we used to like him drunk because when he was drunk he was kind of out of it and we would say gosh we wish he'd go get something to drink even though that wasn't right but as kids we like that was the better side of him instead of him being with the toxic side with the verbal abuse it was never physical it was always verbal and the things that he would do you know or it would be times that he would come home and he'll cut the power off in the back of the house. So we sitting in the house dark with with a dark house. And I would say to myself and even to my mom, I'm like, what is wrong? Is he okay? And he used to say, um, y'all live in my world. So when you living in my world, you're going to experience. So that was his way of showing us how he felt and wanted us to feel it, even though we were kids. So Mm. as I got older, I didn't understand it. Um, so I wanted, and actually I ran from it. I didn't want to deal with it. And when I went to college and I got my master's and my bachelor's, I did it in social work and counseling, but then I had a lot of patients constantly come to me and say, you know, I have my own practice. So I had my own practice since I was 21. So I never really had to do it. I did it to get my practice and do what I needed to, but then I started harming people and I've kind of faded away from being that person that they will come and see And I felt drawn to kind of help certain cases because of my experience. So, no, I've never been on drugs. Um, I played in crack houses all the time when I was a little girl and didn't know. Um, I've been around individuals that struggle with addiction. Um, I've seen firsthand how it can do a family, Um, the trauma that it can cause uh, to individuals as you grow older, um, if you don't get the necessary counseling and treatment. So I seen all of that, but I took what I've learned from my childhood experience and realized that life was bigger than me. Hmm. And um, and then I started helping, you know, the community at large. Then um, unfortunately, I lost my son last year due to mental health. And he was my first. I had him when I was 16. And he struggled with mental mental health. Now keep in mind, I went to school. I'm one of the top Um, agencies in the state of Georgia that provide the services that is provided as it pertains to mental health and substance abuse. Um, I can sit on panels with everyone. I can speak at conferences, but it means nothing when I follow the necessary procedures and then my my son is no longer here. So that is the thing that I always ask God, why don't I ask him now, I understand now. But I still struggle at times because he's not here, but I understand the bigger picture what do you understand how now? can and I, let me break I, it down how can how can i be an expert at what i do and i save so many people from dying literally the number of overdoses because of the type of treatment that i provide has allowed individuals to not spread hiv to not contract um stds because they're educated they receive the necessary counseling and treatment it decreases the criminal activity in communities. It decreases the number of overdoses. It provides access, this is my services now, provides access and treatment to individuals with mental health. I knew what to do when my son had a manic phase. I called 911 and all I needed was transportation. I found him a bed before calling and told them exactly where he needed to be transported. Waited two hours he left after two, waiting two hours and he was dead 30 minutes later. Oh, no. So I, I, I say to myself, I understand the bigger picture. It was mental health month and everything. So now my fight um, is more personable. Mm-hmm. I did it before because I wanted to know the education. I wanted to understand people. I wanted to know why people thought the way that they thought. You know, but now... It's a different calling. He gave me a different purpose. My fight is different. Can,
2: do you, can you do you, think you
0: stick around? The, we, we are up uh, against the clock. Um, I'm and I, no, I'm I'm sorry too because I you know Renee has questions. I I actually do as well. Dr. Maya Speller Collins, can you stick around? Yes. Okay, please stay. Um, when we come back, we're gonna talk. Uh, Renee's gonna ask her questions. I want to know what what you know that God showed you that you are leaning into now and let's get some prescription, uh, for people who are going through that, uh, death by suicide Mm -hmm. is on the rise, particularly among young black boys in this country. Uh, I understand the stress of being black in America, but it's heightened now. And it does feel Mm -hmm. as if there is no place to turn and people are feeling Mm -hmm. very hopeless and helpless. So we are here, uh, to provide them some, some resources and, and some respite, uh, and I thank you for joining us today Dr. Myers. no problem hey this is Karen Hunter you can listen to the Karen Hunter show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. east on Sirius XM Urban View channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app